Healthcare and senior care is fraught with problems and challenges, but we're also seeing some amazing new clinical treatments and resources. This show will help illuminate and uncover the good, bad, and the ugly in order to equip patients, families, and other healthcare providers. Welcome to Senior Care Confidential. Good afternoon. Today we are taping on Halloween. Um, I I know we talked. I've got hundreds of trick-or-treaters that will be coming by my house. I'm so excited. It's one of my favorite holidays. It's so much fun for the kids. Um, How are you, Brian? I'm doing great. We don't get as many trick-or-treaters, especially when it gets cold like this. There's probably maybe a couple dozen and I'll be it. We'll sit it outside. The the World Series is on tonight, so I I don't want to miss the game. I think it'll start (laughs) early and then end hopefully early for the game, but go Rangers. We're excited. That's right. Well, we have have a very special guest. I just met Tina the other day at a conference, and I was just so inspired by her story and her personality and what she gives back to the senior population. And so we have Tina Thompson as a guest today. She is the Director of Marketing with Amitus Hospice. And Tina, just talk very briefly. Tell us your story and what you do at Amitus. Well, actually, I wear a lot of hats. I wear a sales and marketing director hat. I wear a chaplain hat sometimes. Um, I wear a social worker hat. So I wear a lot of different hats. Um, But hospice is my ministry. It's my calling. It's something I'm not just passionate about, but I feel very called to do it. Yes. And, you know, the fact that you give back so much, you volunteer. And so we're talking about today, we're coming up to November and December, the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And a lot of our seniors are still after COVID, post-COVID, very isolated. And so we're talking about what can we do to give back to our seniors that are those lonely and isolated seniors. And we're going to watch a very quick clip, a news story that I saw that I thought was awesome about volunteering for seniors. Welcome back. In today's Senior Solutions Report, the benefits of volunteering, about 25% of Americans say they volunteer. But as medical specialist Christy Kruger reports, when seniors donate their time and talents, it not only helps the community, but researchers say volunteering helps them live longer, healthier lives. When Steve and Donna Constantine retired, the couple took off sailing through the Caribbean. After a five-year adventure at sea, the couple settled in Deerfield Beach and wondered what to do next. When I retired, really all I missed was the people. It wasn't the awards or the one year where you made quota or whatever it happened to be. It was, uh, you started missing the people. That's why Donna and Steve turned to volunteering. Two days a week, 62-year-old Donna works in the surgical recovery room, comforting families and interacting with patients. It really keeps us active in the community. It feels good that people um, always thank us and appreciate all the little things we do. Research shows volunteering does give seniors a sense of purpose, helping to prevent isolation and depression. To grow old, they found that there are three important exercises social exercise, mental exercise, and physical exercise. And volunteering is a perfect way to incorporate all three. Even a broken kneecap doesn't stop 69-year-old Steve from his duties at Broward Health North. These days, he's helping staff with their paperwork, the job helping him to keep those brain cells healthy. 
Volunteering really has so many benefits for our seniors, but when it comes to them working in a busy hospital situation, it really is a win-win. Volunteers like Steve and Donna lightening the load for the staff and doing a whole lot more. And it brings that humanity back to the patient who frequently feels that they are more of just a number and not a person. Having the volunteers come in and just have the time to sit and talk. It's the only job I've ever had in my life where I'm thanked daily multiple times for what I do. And one more benefit, and this one's a biggie. The National Institute on Aging says that senior volunteers have a lower risk of dementia. With your Senior Solutions Report today, I'm Christy Krueger. Wow. That's awesome. very cool. Nice. Yeah. That's a lot of sense. Yeah, I was I was remarkable. It's remarkable rather that he is actually doing this from a hospital bed. Like he's so committed to this and enjoys it so much. Mm -hmm. He's laying in a hospital bed, creating patient folders. And that's what yeah. I found. You know, I'm the executive director for Pajamas for Seniors, and Brian, you've been on our board, and it is so wonderful to give things to these people. Give pajamas, toiletries, just give your time. Yes. They they just love it and feel so appreciated. But what the joy it gives me is far greater than it, it it's what they say, you know, giving is far better than receiving. Right. It it really is wonderful. So tell us what you do, Tina, as far as giving back. Well, as I was just listening to you share a little bit about giving back, it you know, for me personally, I get up every morning and start my day quiet time. Uh, mindset, attitude of gratitude, all of those things make make what can be hospice a very difficult industry and um, uncomfortable situations for families that are walking through these things. Um, it just, it helps for me to start my day going in the right direction. And so, for me personally, it is um, so much about what I do and how how can I give back? How can I make a difference each day? So one of the things that I say, honestly, every morning is, okay, Lord, when I go out these doors, please use me for your service. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever know what that's going to look like. Right. Um, <clears throat> and typically he ends up doing that. Sometimes mm -hmm. those days are longer, the hours are longer, but I know that I'm not only making a difference, but I end up going home fulfilled because they, at the end of the day, make my day. I show up trying to make their day, and they end up making my day. I love that. Yep. That's so true. They do. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. So I understand you sing. I do. So tell us about your singing gigs. Sure. Um, well, I started singing at a really young age of about five, and so I sang professionally for a while, lived in Nashville, um, oh. got to open for some really great people. Um, little name dropping if you- Please you, do. We yeah. love it. Tim McGraw, oh, Joe Kennedy, no yeah. Merle Haggard, and Toby Keith. Holy smokes. So Are you I, a soloist? I am a soloist, yes. Wow. Uh-huh, yeah. So I really <clears throat> did get to do some neat things when I was younger. And my daughter, actually, my daughter, Casey, my only daughter, is a sales specialist for a company called Discovery Senior Living. And they have independent living, assisted living, memory care communities throughout the United States. They're based out of Bonita Springs, Florida. But my daughter, Casey, started with them. She'll celebrate 10 years in February. She's a sales specialist, a consultant. She goes and helps the communities that are possibly struggling with census and 
just finding out, you know, what are what do we need to be doing to continue to, um, you know, reach people that are looking for independent living mm-hmm. that are possibly downsizing. So I saw my daughter really thriving in that area. And it touched my heart. And I was going through a divorce, a transition in my life about eight or nine years ago and got introduced to, because of my daughter, the senior industry. Mm -hmm. And I've never looked back. And I've pretty much done a little bit of everything other than home health. Mm -hmm. I've done senior living. I've done private duty Mm non-medical. I've done... um, Home care, yeah, home care, but hospice and long-term care, excuse me, but hospice is my calling, my niche, where God's placed me, what I love, what I'm sold out to. So I get to do this. I choose to do this. Mm -hmm. So I sing in about half of the senior living communities that we currently partner with. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Is that a regular basis? It is. Okay. Uh, for example, this week I'm singing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I typically sing anywhere from two to three days a week, somewhere in a community in Fort Worth or Dallas. Um, I sing a little older style country music, mm-hmm. a little bit of Etta James, a little bit of Tina Turner. And so the music <laughs> that awesome. I do resonates <clears throat> with them oh, yeah. because it's what they that what they're familiar yeah. with, and it's what I grew up on. Yeah. Yeah. That is That's awesome. Well, you yeah. know, it's funny. I go into these residential care homes. For those that don't know, they're homes that have been turned into like a mini assisted living, and they have five or six residents, sometimes yeah. a little few more. But every time I go into these homes, they have the game show network on. <clears throat> Like, okay, what is it about the 70s game shows? Mm. But wouldn't they rather have uh, Tina come and sing their hearts out to music that they love and grew up to? That's just amazing. Well, you know, the scene, um, I remember it's been probably about a year ago or so, there was a news story done on a lady. I want to say she had advanced Alzheimer's, and she used to be a ballet dancer. Um Remind what's the what's the name of the really famous ballet? The Joffrey. Maybe? No, it's it's the Black Swan. Something like that. Swan like Swan, Swan Lake, Lake or whatever. There you go. Swan oh, Lake. The ballet. Oh, yeah. the ballet. Oh, the dance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she 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 was one of these famous ballet oh. ballerinas. On I, I know nothing about this world, but she was a famous ballerina that did Swan Lake. And so you know, at the time when her Alzheimer's was so advanced, like she just sat stoically in a chair. Right. There was no communication. There was no awareness of anything going around her. And they put on this news report. They put headphones on her and they played the music from. Swan one lake and was amazing was mm-hmm. they overlay like they had on one side of the screen it was her currently her current mm-hmm. condition with the headphones and the other side was the swan lake and you watched her do all these things like the music Aww. actually created because there's a memory there's a link with music that's why they say if you're going to study for exams like um do it with brownies um because the more the more sensory stimulation you can create with the brain the the firmer the, the memories are so music was the same thing so in her case movement and memory were um were that movement and music were associated with that memory so whenever they play the music on on her, she was actually following through the routine with her hands. It was amazing. I, I have a really neat story I'd like to share really we quick. We would love that. It just that. came to my mind. Uh, about two months ago, I went to meet with um, a lady with a cancer diagnosis, she and her husband in Grand Prairie. And the day that I went to their home, actually the, her only daughter was there. 
Her daughter lives in the area. And as I got to know them and I got to know her and hear a little bit about her, she was an opera singer. And we just did what I'm going to call a lasting memory for her three weeks ago on a Friday afternoon. I have a little karaoke singing machine with music. And uh, my nurse met me there. One of our social workers met me there. Her husband was there. Her daughter was there. And we did what I'll call a lasting memory for this lady. She also was a pianist. So we put her up to the to her uh, piano. Awesome. And we <clears> took <throat> videos. And I'm still waiting for some of the, that her daughter to share those things with me because they've given me permission to be able to share her story. And that way I can use it on our website and use it on some of the social media platforms to talk a little bit about end of life care, how we want to help make the rest of your life, the best of your life. Mm -hmm. And so that happened about three weeks ago. That's awesome. Yep. Wow. You know, I worked, when I first became a nurse, I worked for a little hospice called Family <clears throat> Hospice. They're no longer around. In fact, they sold to VistaCare, a bigger company. And they've been sold several times. But it reminds me, of when I worked for Family Hospice, when somebody was in the dying process, we all went, the social worker, the chaplain, you know, right. and... We didn't have services like continuous care. Like we we did it and it was a joy to do that. And our other patients understood, the management understood that sometimes somebody needed more attention from everyone. That's right. And um That's right. it's so if hospice is done right, yes, it is wonderful. Yes. It, you know, and, and so many people are getting into hospice now that just see, oh, I can profit all this. You know, they're in it for the wrong no reasons, reasons, you know. Yes. Um, but this is wonderful. That is what hospice means. Well, uh, I was sharing with you, I believe, last night that, of course, today's Halloween, and I've dressed appropriately right, <laughs> uh, for Halloween, that hospice doesn't have to be a scary word. No. Right? Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. If you educate properly and you talk to people about the benefits and how we kind of become hospital in the home, Right. Mm -hmm. You don't have to continue going back and forth to the hospital. You don't have to continue going back and forth to doctor appointments. Allow us there because they're choosing us. They're allowing us to come into their home and help provide yep. care for their loved one. So it is a choice. Yeah. I had a lady call me this morning and I told her, please do your due diligence. Talk to multiple companies. I, I totally because they agree. are they are not all created equal. No. They should be, but mm -hmm. they're not. Yeah. And some of us do offer different programs that others don't offer. But I believe in choice. I'm a proponent for choice. And it's important to me that people know you're also not signing a contract. Mm -hmm. You're electing a Medicare benefit. Mm -hmm. So if there is a service failure or something goes wrong, you can change hospice providers at any time. You know, Tina, um, you know, I've owned a business, of course, my home care agency, but my favorite job was actually being an admissions nurse for hospice. I did that for years and I loved meeting with families. And what I loved the most was saying, you have a choice. Yes. If you are not happy, cancel. Right. You know, you just because you take that benefit on does not mean 
you know, sometimes you get better with hospice because your loved one is taking their meds correctly or they're just getting that attention that they needed. You're right. You're and right. sometimes they get better. And people are so confused and don't understand. Sure. And it's sure. people like you that really help them understand. Well, there's there's just too many myths and mm -hmm. misconceptions and not enough facts. Mm -hmm. And again, it doesn't have to be a scary word. So I know you sing, yes. but you also, what you told me is you help people free of charge. I do. Find yes. community. So talk about that okay. for a minute. Um, so through the process of learning pretty much every level of care, I've made it um, to me to be a value partner to my referral partners, to my communities, to my hospitals, to my discharge planners, is to be a value-added resource for those patients and those families. So I'll give an example. If I get a call from one of my hospitals, one that I partner with quite a bit is Baylor, and I'll get a call from the palliative team and they'll say, Tina, for example, we've got, you know, Miss Smith that's in independent living and mm -hmm. she can't go back. Could you come and meet with the family and help them put a plan together? So I go sit with the family because everybody I meet is in a different place. Mm -hmm. Financially, they're in a, in a different place. Mindset, they're in a different place. Yep. So what does that look like? Is a private residential care home best for them? Do they have a long-term care policy? And maybe they can afford assisted living and or a caregiver. So my goal is to meet people where they're at mm -hmm. and help them put not just a safe plan in place, but what makes sense for them right now. But what about next week or next month? Because we've got to be forward thinking Absolutely. about that decline and what's going to happen or mm -hmm. could happen. So I don't have the certification of a senior living advisor, but I wear that hat. Yes. Well, we, we share the same. Yeah, we, 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 we do. do the same. Yeah, we did the same thing. Yeah. In fact, I have a client right now that just has not been wise with his money. He um, took out two different um, reverse mortgages. Oh, man. And his wife has dementia and she's very combative. She hits everybody and curses and, sure. you know, it's it's really a hard thing. And so we are trying to find right now, I mean, he has no money, but we want to find a place that's close to his home that is going to provide great care. We've gotten somebody that's volunteering to help with the Medicaid paperwork process. Okay. Yes. So it's been yes. a team effort, but there are awesome people out there that we'll all work together to help these people. You're right. And yeah. it's so wonderful to know that you're out there. Well, I just I just have, of course, recently met you, Joy, last week and my first time to meet you, Brian. Mm -hmm. But the more that we talk about and the more that we come together and um, just be an advocate for these families. Um, again, I meet people, I know you both do every day and every week. They don't have a clue. They've never walked through no. hospice. They don't know what to expect. They don't know what Medicare covers, right. Medicaid covers. They don't have a clue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's a very muddled industry. Pardon me? It's a very muddled industry. Oh, very much yeah. so. It's it makes confusing. It and what I have found too is, you know, staff at a like I, I, this one community I called does not take Medicaid pending. And I said, so can you tell me who would you recommend in the area that, no, I can't do that. Yeah. So that, that was her answer. Yeah. Not, you yeah. know what, Joe, 
I'll tell you, there are two or three you might call. Surely she gets that question. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's sad. It It is sad, but you said something earlier. Not everyone that's in this industry is in it for the right reasons. Right. Yep. That's why it's so important who you partner with, who you align yourselves mm -hmm. with. And um, I'm fairly new to Amethyst as of only about four and a half months. I joined their leadership team, but that was what attracted me when they reached out to me to to come on board was because their faith um, was not only important to them, but we believe that if we take care of our employees, our employees will take care of our patients. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't want it to be a revolving door because mm -hmm. um, people, not only do you have a choice with you know, your doctor and, you know, your hospice provider or your home health provider, but who you work for and who you align yourself That's with. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. So going back to the volunteer, because you guys do volunteer, there's volunteer hours through the hospice, correct? correct? Yes. So yes. I know the doctor on the video we saw was talking about, it's interesting because I've seen the same thing, the research, so, you know, so it's really, really important. In fact, when we work with our patients, we're looking at, before we discharge, we're looking at all these different risk factors to make sure they're set up for long-term. But three of them are, do you have activity that you're doing consistently that are physical, mental, and social. And so it's fascinating that he mentioned the same three things. And I think that's one of the things where we recognize that as humans, you know, we're, we're, we were designed to be social creatures. Adam wasn't created by himself. You know, he was, he was here by himself and God said, it's not good for me to be alone. Mm -hmm. So here's, here's another one for you. Um, and so, you know, the whole isolation thing with COVID aside, right. like our bodies or our spirits desire to have that close connection with, a, with another human being. So I know that with the hospice side of things, you guys do a lot of volunteer things, but mm -hmm. even for like the audience here, you know, especially as we're coming up to the holidays. You know, holidays is a big time for, you see a lot of increased depression um, in younger folks, but especially more so um, with the older, older older population. And so a couple of things that we can discuss is one, how do we get people involved that maybe want to volunteer um, sure. with seniors? And then number two, seniors that also want to volunteer because as they mentioned on that video, you know, when, when they're actively involved in these things themselves, they have the social component, the, me the mental component and the physical component. So it kind of solves both worlds. That makes sense. Yes. Um, I, I know for me, again, I sing. Mm -hmm. I also lead devotion time in two or three different communities. Okay. Um, so that's something that, that I personally do. Um, but as far as getting them connected, of course, we're growing uh, as a home health and hospice company. So someone was interested in volunteering, they could reach out to me and I can connect them with our okay. intake and admissions. Yeah. I'd be happy to do that. Yep. And if you were, if you're still selfish and you don't feel like you need to volunteer, there's actually studies that show for older adults that participate in volunteering activities like this, they show up to a 50% reduction in early um, death. Probably That's because awesome. they're staying actively involved. You know, because I think our spirits are designed to want a bigger future. And so, like a lot, of, we, we've seen all these people that when they retire, they kind of retire from life. They go, they yes. may go golf or they may go whatever, but there's nothing bigger for them to focus on other than like relaxing and, and things. You know, there's some entertainment things obviously we all want to do and have more time for. But I think when you stop to have the thing, you know, some sort of a future that you enjoy looking forward to, you enjoy getting out of bed because you're doing something outside it's of just hope. yourself. It's yeah. having hope and a purpose. Yeah. Well, there, there is also to me a myth that just because you get older, 
that you quit living or that mm-hmm. you're going to have health issues. Right. And I, I disagree with all of that. I've, I've seen it on both sides mm-hmm. where those people that do retire, you know, they're not using their brain. They're not yes. men- mentally stimulated. They, I walked through that with my stepfather who um, had Alzheimer's at a young age. I say young, 65, 66, so yeah. after he wow. quit work. Um, And that was my first experience with us as a family putting him into, you know, a memory care. But he worked for Phillips Petroleum for 45 years. And when he retired, Mm -hmm. his health started declining. He was not, you know, he wasn't active. He wasn't engaged. But I don't, I, I think there's also a myth that as we age or we get older, for me as a single lady, I, I don't let a lot of grass grow under my feet. So I, I, I really <laughs> so don't. Funny. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. For me, I'm, I'm a young 59, and I believe for me personally that the best is yet to come. Uh-huh. And I don't see myself yeah. slowing down. If anything, my bosses sometimes look at me and they're like, oh, my goodness, how do we keep up with you? Right. How do we bottle that up? How yeah. do you bottle up that yeah. energy? So, Let's talk about some things that seniors could do to volunteer so they can contact Amethyst or any hospice and they can become a hospice volunteer. Correct. Our Um, volunteers even do some office work, putting together packets, admission packets, doing maybe some filing. That's great. Um, So it doesn't necessarily have to be one-on-one with a patient. It could be picking up the phone and making a phone call just to check on them. It could be maybe going and sitting with someone that loves reading. Mm -hmm. Maybe you go sit with someone and you read to them. But there are a lot of different things that we probably don't think about. But if we picked up the phone and we started having a conversation, we could come up with something. Well, I know every town, like I live in McKinney, Texas, and we have uh, a site called... um, Visit, um, volunteer McKinney. Okay. So there are so many opportunities you can volunteer for in our city. And I will bet you other towns have that type of volunteer mm-hmm. sign up, you know, sure. events. Yes. I think part of yes. the challenge is this may not be PC. I think one of the challenges though, because we, so we just interviewed um, the, uh, one of the victim's sons of Billy Shamir Mir. And so one of the things that came out in this whole, um, really upsetting court case was that even the sheriff's departments and the police departments, they like you read their words and it shows there's some sort of ageism mm-hmm. that still is here. So the sad part, we see it daily because we work with seniors, fortunately for us. So it's so we see this patient demographic all the time. But for a lot of people, they're, when we think about like volunteering around the time of the holidays, we think of like the soup kitchens or we think of like the, the Christmas tree angels, you know, for the kids, whatever. And the thing that is conspicuously absent, which I love about pajamas for seniors, because in y'all, in your case with um, pajamas for seniors, it's still out there around the holiday time. It's there where there's kind of this overabundance of volunteer opportunities for other demographics other than seniors. And so I think it's important that we highlight this, especially as we get closer to this time of year. Yeah. And you know, Thanksgiving morning, when you, you say you run the turkey trot, well, you go home, put your turkey in, go to your neighborhood nursing home and just sing Christmas carols. Sure. You know, yes. go find out what can I do? You know, um, play games if you don't sing, you know, play games with the um, residents. There's always something you can do to give back. Yes. And for me, 
being a value added partner means asking those questions. What is your biggest challenge today? Mm -hmm. How can I help you and support you? Because when you when we're helping other people get what they need, we're always going to get what we That's need. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And That's sometimes just, I've gotten phone calls from pe previous patients of mine who will call me up and go, "Hey, what are you doing for the football game on Sunday? Can you come watch it with me?" Like they just want someone. You don't have to yeah. do anything. Just go. Just show up. Show up. Watch a right. watch a football game with them. Yeah. That's right. So That's sweet. Right. Yeah. I know every little thing just can make such a difference. Yep. And yes. get to know them. Ask questions. You right. know. I have so many awesome clients, and they have such a short story to tell. And um, well, you know, there's, wi there's wisdom there, right? There is, and there's I know wisdom. you talked about you know um, having the ballet ballerina. Mm -hmm. We had a rocket, a former rocket, as a client when I owned acapella, and I always wanted to be a rocket. That was like my dream. <laughs> I, I didn't get to take that. dance lessons. I was. Baptist, so we didn't, my grandkids <laughs> totally opposed the dance lesson thing. That. So my dreams were shot. But um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, but there's always something you could do. And like we say, you know, giving back just gives so much joy. Yep. And we hope that yes. everyone will listen today and just think about what can I do to give back because yep. it does makes a difference. Make it's such a blessing for yep. all of us. It Thank is. you. All right, and before we go, yes. if someone wanted to contact you yes. for either hospice sure. or home health or even some volunteer opportunities. Or a singing yes. gig. Or, sing, or a singing, or singing gig. gig. Yes, you, you can yes. promise to bring Tim McGraw, right? Like you, no, no, that I cannot <laughs> do. That I cannot do. So how yeah. would they get in touch with you? They can call me directly. Okay. My number is 817-658-2971. That's my personal number. I also okay. use it for work. So yeah, I would love to have that. Um, and again, and it it might be for you know just information about hospice mm -hmm. what makes someone appropriate yep. right or questions uh, I'm not a nurse uh, but I work with a, a, you know an amazing group of nurses and medical directors and nurse practitioners so I uh, would just like to be a resource very good thank you thank, thank you, you so much for coming thanks for having you've me been up. amazing thank you so much Appreciate and we it. look thank forward you. to seeing you again yeah thank did y'all need for me to do a song on the way out we would love oh it oh my gosh yes please Cause you light up my life and you give me hope to carry on. You light up my day and fill my night with song. Cause you, you light up my life. Wow. <laughs> that was awesome. That was thank you so much for that. That's great. Awesome. Thank, thank you, you so much. Joy. What a great guest. Yeah, you've been thank a joy you. to me. Thank you, Joy. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you. you.